This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. So Beck, I thought today we could talk a little bit about judgment because I know it comes up a lot in my experience as an artist and other areas, of course, but it's one of those things like it just doesn't seem to go away judgment um, on our art or what we're thinking about our art and maybe what other people are thinking about us as artists. Mm-hmm. I feel like that needs a little ominous kind of dun, 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 you know, like judgment. Right. Day. So where should we start with this? Maybe the um, idea of, I think the most obvious might be about being afraid of being judged. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's one of those obstacles. Oh, no, really I'm never afraid to be judged, Chuck. I <laughs> don't have that ever. You have rock solid confidence in oh, everything you do. solid. Everything you are. Yes. We were just talking in episode 49 about these multiple roles that we either consciously or subconsciously take on that we think we need to be like as well as a perfect successful artist that we also have to be perfect friends, perfect mothers, perfect partners, perfect cooks, um, perfect house designers and, you know, interior stylists. So these are all the sorts of things where we're taking on board the idea that we're afraid that other people are going to judge us as not coming up to the mark in whatever we do, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything. It's It really is in everything, isn't it? And it's it makes you wonder like, why is that so deep rooted in everything? Mm-hmm. Like, were we really cast out when we were a hundred thousand years ago? Like, did you actually yeah. get cast out of the tribe? Because if it's your cave so wasn't up to scratch, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if your cave wasn't well decorated, they like get out of the tribe. Get out. Go live, your, go live on your, the plains. Your stew is not up to par. I mean, I don't know. It just seems very <laughs> funny to me that we can be so obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed, meaning like it's just so natural for us to always think about it, is what I mean. It's really inbuilt. Yeah. It? And and it isn't until so I mean the how it shows up in our lives, I think, and particularly as artists, let's focus on that. Um, is we, you know, maybe don't want to show our art to other people. We don't want to um, just in what we need to do as artists. Now we need to get our art out into the world, post it, whatever it is you're doing, and you can have a, feel that reluctance to take the next steps, whether that's like how many people put off doing a website or starting a mailing list or feel really awkward about posting on Instagram. And when you dig into why that might be, like what's going on below the surface of that um, you know, what are the, what's the obstacle stopping you from moving forward with that? And often as you dig down, what comes up is it makes me anxious and nervous, the idea that I'm going to put something out, other people are going to see it and they're going to judge it, right? Mm. That's what we're really getting at here. And, and I think because we self-judge it before we even put it out there. Right. You know, okay, I think yeah. that there's, uh, I noticed that right from the beginning when I started painting 
And I would literally turn beat red publishing, you know, a post on Instagram, even though I had like 12 followers or something. I was just, it was like this feeling of humiliation. And yet I knew I needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I was always, I was critiquing it before it even left, you know, the space and got, went out into the world. And yet it was kind of the process that I had to go through of learning to share my work, um, even when it wasn't always that great. That, so let's, that was, yeah, let's, yeah. let's dig into that. So because like self-judgment, you're saying you're judging it before you even put it out. But if you didn't have to put it out, if you were just keeping it at home in the studio with you, how would you feel about it then? Because I'm curious. I would have still been judging it. I would have yeah. still been judging it because I think one of the things about us as artists is that we have this vision, you know, we have this taste and we, you know, kind of feel like this is what I want it to be. And then when it doesn't actually do that, Mm. Um, there's kind of like a a gap between what we want and what we're capable of sometimes. And especially Mm. for me as a beginning artist, the gap was huge, you know, Mm -hmm. it was really big. And yet I had to keep making it in order for me to decrease that gap. I mean, I still judge my paintings, but I guess it's from a different lens now because I've done so many years and days of practice to learn how to kind of have respect for what doesn't work more than Mm. I used to. Okay. Maybe before in the beginning, it was just, it was just, everything was bad. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, it just felt like disaster. You know, this doesn't work. I don't know how to use a paint. It's like there were so many pieces to it that I couldn't identify any specific area. So the whole thing felt um, not quite right. Mm. Okay. Then you That's put r- that into the world and, you know, you're no, like, don't put it surely the they're going to see... <laughs> I really want to I really want to like zoom in on this before we get oh, to the outside okay. world. I really yeah. want to zoom into this little microcosm of in the studio self-judgment. Yes. Cuz I think you can also just grit your teeth and go I'm going to post it anyway and just like push through it with pure willpower, but I'm just wondering like if we can unpick that a little bit. Like I'm not saying that you're the only person who's ever looked at the work that they made and thought this is crap because yeah, me too. <laughs> so when we are making stuff that just doesn't like meet that, like you say, that standard of vision or I think Ira Glass talks about like we have great taste but we can't necessarily execute to the exactly. level of our own taste. How do we know whether that's a sign, like how do we discern within ourselves whether that is the kind of judgment that's sort of like a, a good judgment? Like this art is not ready to go out into the world. This is not, um, I don't feel this is at the level that I want to present as an artist. Is there such a thing as good judgment like that? Or is it always whatever you're doing, whatever level you need to, I don't know, is it put it out there or not so much that, but like embrace that that's where you're at? Do, do you get what I'm struggling with a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> there is the embracing where you're at. Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I look back on the beginner days and and I think that's why I did actually post it on Instagram because I kind of was embracing this is where I'm at. I'm a I'm a beginner Mm -hmm. and it felt really humbling, you know, to not feel successful. I'll say humbling because it was very like, whoa, this is an area that you just don't have yet. You know, that's a good word. Yeah. Accepting where we're at, I think, is part of the process. Uh And also realizing, you know, that there's, for me, it wasn't really 
learning new skills, you know, improving mm -hmm. my understanding of paint and something that I still strive with today. Like I'm still looking for how do I improve my skills? Because I think no matter how many years you're painting, you're always trying to raise the bar, mm -hmm. you know, on, on what you're trying to achieve. And so it could be that you're trying to do harder things, you know, every mm -hmm. time. And I think there is judgment and disappointment with that when you try to, you know, do things and it's a little bit harder than the last time. And, and from a technical perspective, let's say, and there's a failure, like you're like, oh, it didn't work out the way I wanted. And yet, if you put it in the world, they're like, wow, you know, that's looks pretty good. Mm -hmm, like, I think mm -hmm. there's the, I wish I could have done that better. And letting go of that in some cases. And then there's some things that I feel, you know, in my studio, I definitely edit as in like, oh, no, no one's going to see that. That's just pure crap. Like, I'm just, I can't live with it kind of judgment right okay i don't want to look at it i'm just going to learn from it i'm going to either go over it or figure out what i can do next so yeah i guess let's see it is a real it, it's just very driven with our own self isn't it it's not just yeah. the outside world no it's not just the outside world so i'm going to keep picking at this because i'm a little bit curious now and i suspect that we might discover that there's something at the bottom of all this where you yeah. are just have a different way of looking at things and i always love i would love to hear your point if you do it too <laughs> so when you're saying that you see something and you just think that's crap i'm not gonna put that out i think i'm imagining that at this point of your kind of experience as an artist and and level as an artist if we can call it that you have both of those things happening in the studio at the same time you do a lot of risk taking you have some complete losers <laughs> and at the same yeah. time you also have stuff that might not be um fully realized but you're like yeah that's something on the path that's something I can embrace when you're a beginner artist if you're like in the first six months first year let's say of really wanting to produce things if you feel like everything is in the crap category, how do you deal with that? Like, is it reasonable that uh, an artist might spend several years just doing stuff by themselves in their studio and never and saying, no, this isn't good enough? And let's forget about Instagram and social media and out there or whatever. Let's just think of it from the point of view of having the kind of willingness to to hold something up in front of you whether it's to someone walking by in the street or whatever just to say yes I made this it shows where I am now as an artist and I'm okay with that right like just yeah. that because I think yeah. that's kind of the starting point I think we get a little bit let's separate that out from the idea of oh but you know someone's going to say something mean about it on Instagram or whatever let's just get to the point of can you own your own art that's a do question you can you can you yeah. like what how do you feel about that can you own where you're at and feel like i made this like can you does it are you comfortable doing that i'm glad you turned that around <laughs> on me michelle <laughs> <laughs> i love that about our conversation i think that i just crossed my arms in front of me so that's <laughs> That's a good sign of how I feel Bex's about like, that Bex's like, um, I'm not going to oh. tell you. <laughs> so let's talk about it. That. Let's flip it on its head. Yeah, I think that mm, 
there's maybe how I feel about it that made me cross my arms in front of me and how I can think about it kind of logically. I think that what might be important in this, what I'm kind of, what we're kind of uncovering is that it could be a very powerful thing to do for your artist journey if you're able to do that from the beginning. You know what I asked you, like whether an artist should work away at all the crap and just be going, yep, this is crap. And it doesn't mean you're holding it out up and saying this is the, you know, this is like the Mona Lisa or something, but it's about, I really love the way you used the word humble earlier. It's about being humble and it just tickled a little memory I have about um, some writing advice I, I read years and years ago. I think it might have been A Dear Sugar Letter, which is something written by Cheryl Strayed, who wrote the book Wild, which readers in, in, the, in our audience might remember, but was a great hit and then made into a movie. And she was giving advice. She wrote a series of Dear Sugar Letters, which was like an advice column. And a young writer had written in just totally beating up on herself saying um you know other people are doing better than me I'm I think she was all of like 20 she was in her 20s but she felt like she hadn't achieved what she wanted to achieve like I haven't written my novel I'm a huge disappointment to myself and to everyone else you know that feeling like we've talked about that like Titanic she was having those Titanic times where you just feel like why haven't I done better by now I really hope I'm getting this quote roughly right and I haven't completely mangled this in my memory. But the advice was something about getting down on the floor and being completely humble and surrendering yourself to the process. Because while you hold yourself up in your own mind as someone who has to have achieved all this, like it's sort Mm. of kind of like, it's sort of an egotistical thing in a way. Yes. Um. And that's not to make you feel even worse about yourself, but it's your ego saying you should be this by that now, you should be that by now, you should totally. be doing paintings that are better by now, you should be a mega, mega successful. Yeah. Totally. Um, but if you can be humble and say, maybe that's the case, ego. This is me. This is me. This is me. And I think this is the part that I got really comfortable with in those earlier days is just being comfortable showing up as me. Literally, like this is me. Some days it looked better than others. And, you know, that made me feel a little less red around the face when I shared it with the public world, you know. Mm. It was kind of one of those points in my life where I felt like there it was literally the only choice. Like I I was a real Mm -hmm. painting for me started when I was at a real bottom like point. You know, my dad had passed away. There was a lot of pain in my life. Mm -hmm. So it was like, there was nothing else. I felt like I was literally like just picking up the little sticks that I had and said, here I am broken and all, you know what I mean? I know that sounds a little dramatic, but that's, it it was very painful, but yeah, it was like, it is what it is. Here I am, you know? And that's what I mean about like, just keep showing up and showing up as yourself and not Mm -hmm. necessarily having the ego you know, the ego is going to try to smack you down. I mean, mine did and still does. It's still like, you know, you're not good enough. You don't, this isn't right. You can't, you know, like the ego is a tripper. Who invented the ego anyway? Uh, (laughs) Sidetrack. But, you know, like just. Dumb idea. (laughs) Just showing up as yourself. Imperfect, I think, is the part that 
I felt like was an important piece for me. You can't, there's filters that put the smoke and mirrors, right? There's, you know, there's the perceived vision of, you know, through Instagram, which gives literally zero perception of what really is happening behind the scenes. Mm. So I think that the more we can get comfortable with ourselves in our own skin, Mm -hmm. and here I am, like that, that is to me like the thread that has to be the most important thread through the whole thing. Yeah. And what do you do? I'm going to be devil's advocate. What do you do when the ego says, yeah, but, um, you know, what a collector's going to think about that? What a, you know, um, we've been talking recently about wanting to elevate and, 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 you know, get the higher level fruit and, and have a brand that kind of attracts a higher level collector. And you're like, I, I can't, that's what I want. And I can't do that with this crap. <laughs> But so here's the thing. This is, well, this is how it worked for me is, yeah. so I didn't sell stuff when I had crap. Like mm-hmm. I literally just did, buried my head in the sand in the sense of studio paint. And yeah. it wasn't like I buried my head in the sand. I went, oh my gosh, I just, hopefully it will happen. Like I just went to work. And I think that mm. if we can outwork our self-doubt by getting in there and just doing the freaking work, I know it sounds really simple, but it's like just literally like the more you get in there and do it, there's just this proof that starts happening that unfolds. And for me, like when I wasn't able to sell, like I just wasn't able to sell to mm-hmm. that group of people that I wanted to sell. Did I make work that was sellable to a different group of people at that time? Yes. So I think that just because I had this vision of I wanted to make better work and sell to these people who appreciated more didn't mean that I stopped along the way permanently and never kept striving to reach that vision. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'd like a t-shirt that says outwork the self-doubt. Yes. I like that. It was literally the thing that I, because I think we've spoken on this about my rejection letters of you know, and those were early days. Those were like, that was a like, no, don't think so. Have no interest in selling your work, you know, from the galleries who said no, um, because they didn't even respond. And then there was the one who kindly said no. But it was, it was that thing of saying, well, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I, I can, you know, get so good, they can't ignore me. How do I get mm-hmm. good? Outwork myself down. Do the work. Yeah, yeah. Another word that's popping up for me here is shame or feeling ashamed. And I feel like maybe the difference that we're talking about here is both of those artists are can be at the same level they both assess their work as not being at the level what they want it to be right yeah but one can feel really ashamed about that and have let the ego say it should be better this is crap you shouldn't let anyone see this you shouldn't even kind of admit to yourself that this is the level that you're at they feel ashamed about it yeah other artist isn't ashamed she's like yeah this is this is my work right now and I'm going to keep doing the work and I'm going to keep growing and it's going to change. And that's what being an artist is about. So here's the work I'm I've, doing now. If you want to yep. come at me, show me your artwork because I would love to see that. Yeah, I've done both. I mean, I think the red in the face when I posted on Instagram was me having shame. Yeah. And because I've had, you know, previous experiences in other careers that had some success feeling mm. like, you know, there was like this 
big, huge pit of like, what are you doing? Don't Mm. show yourself until you're great. How could you? Oh, for the confidence of, you know, your early 20s when you're doing, you know, they talk about when you come fresh out of college or uni and you go to your first job and you think you know everything and then I got it going on. You're like, let me tell the boss how they should be doing this. And and then you get cut down a little bit like, oh, okay, maybe I don't know everything. But so we're coming to this um, as often as second or third careers later in life and you're like, you really do realize that you don't know everything. And that's adds the potential danger of the self-judgment and the shame. Mm. But also, I think it offers a lot of potential strengths, like this yeah. kind of self-knowledge that we need to put to work in getting us on the right path. The path that's really, I mean, you always talk about what is the path of growth here? Is it shrinking and feeling awful about it? Or is it like feeling strong about it and growing kind of outwards. Yes, totally. And I've, I I can speak from experience. I've done both. I've done both. Mm. The shrinking, uh, it doesn't get you any, it doesn't get me anywhere except for like big pity party of nothing. And then I think it affects the other people around your life. For me, mm. you know, when I was having a pity party, me going and saying, what do you think about this art? Like it wasn't <laughs> That's right. you inspiring confidence you, in the people around me. You're asking your me. kids and your your partner and the dog and everyone yeah. was was yes. invited in to offer an opinion. Yeah. And, it, and the reality was like, I knew it wasn't good. Why was I even asking for them to validate that I wasn't any good? And so yeah. for me... I had the, I think one of my biggest turning points was literally going, all right, I just need to buckle down and get in there and get to work and stop thinking about trying to be further along than I am mm-hmm. for where I'm at. That was something that I think was kind of one of those, like, I want to be here, but I'm over here, you know, in that disappointment of like, how come I'm not further along? You know, mm. why am I over here? The expectations we have it's gonna be like this and then the reality is this and I think what we've been talking about so far is very much acknowledging the reality like not putting a happy positive glow on it like no it's not crap no it's great put it you know like it's acknowledging yeah that we do have good taste Mm. and we can know when something's not not up up to where we'd like it to be and yet, at the same time, I feel like we should offer a bit of a counterpoint to that as well in that we can be very harsh critics yes. of the work. And just because it, we feel it's not up to the vision of where we want to be doesn't mean that there won't be people who love it and want to buy it. Totally. And that's not a bad thing. Like you, yeah. you're still expressing something artistic. You're still expressing something of yourself that, can be valuable you know it's not it's not a binary it's not yes it's the best thing ever or it's absolute garbage needs to go in the trash do you think right yeah absolutely and I think the thing that I remind myself constantly is nobody knows what you're trying to achieve in your head but you and Mm -hmm. so when you're saying to people like oh this one didn't work out like they don't know what I was trying to go for anyway the, (laughs) the my my big thing now is like when I let it out of the studio, does it have the feeling that I want? And mm. I want people to feel from it. If it has the feeling, I let it out. If it doesn't have the feeling and give me that, you know, like, yes, that's 
got that feeling. Again, I always go back to the feeling. That's the decision maker for me. I like that. That's, I think you might have said something similar like that in the, like this in the past, but I'm kind of seeing it in a new way. Like when something goes out of the studio or when, you know, we've talked before about give yourself a little break between maybe finishing a thing or when you think it's almost finished and come back and give it a look. Instead of looking at it as look at how this thing isn't what I wanted it to be, can you look at it with fresh eyes, come at it, kind of put all that other stuff, put all that idea of what it was going to be when you were making it away for now? That goes into the, you know. Learn for next time. Yeah, learn for next time. And just look at it really as its own thing, completely as its own thing. How does this make me feel? How does this? And in that way, you might actually end up discovering some things you like about it that you never intended that you might want to keep as well. And you can see it through a new lens and sort of, you know, not critique every little thing, you know, like when Mm. it comes down to compositions and stuff, you know, I know there's a lot of people who beat them. They're like, oh, the composition isn't this or that. I can tell you from my own experience, people do buy bad compositions. They have purchased bad compositions from me and it has not bothered them. They respond to the feeling, I think, in the painting. There's one painting that still haunts me and I'm like, gosh, I really wish I could recall that because I didn't like the, (laughs) the feeling was right, but the composition was just one of those like, didn't really sit with me right. But anyway, we can nitpick those little details that I don't think people really pick up on as much as we think they do. They're responding to the feeling that the painting gives them and what it does for them, you know, in terms of how that makes their space feel. It's not like they're sitting there looking from the corner of their couch and they're like, if that painting, if that painter would have just put that one little mark over here, you know, I don't think maybe there's some good people who are critiquers that do that. But I think generally speaking, I don't think. If they are, I am 100% sure that it's not the same bit that you're thinking of. Right? Yes. They're sitting there thinking, oh, I wish there was a little bit more of that pink because I, I really right. like that pink. It's not nothing yes. to do with what you're looking at. No. Which no. I think is highlights the point. Other point that I was thinking of, because this is another thing where ego gets in the way, that our ego to think that as artists we are actually in 100% control and that we're 100%, 100% responsible for every aspect of this piece of art's existence because actually art is a conversation with yes. your who, who, with the viewer, whoever that is. So whether the person yep. who buys it from you, whoever comes into the wherever they've put it and looks at it, every time someone else looks at a piece of art, they're going to respond to all sorts of different things. We, we've talked about this, about why people buy art. And there's so many wonderful stories of, you know, people saying, oh, it reminds me of my, something about my childhood or it reminds me something about this particular place. Might not be anything to do with what you had in mind yourself. So actually, I, I love to think of that idea that you can relinquish a little bit of the responsibility because it's going to be a conversation, like your piece of art gets to be its own thing. You've done your best as its mother yep. or father yep. to yep. give it everything you can and send it out to the world. But it's going to kind of make its own way and it's going to yes. connect with people in its own way. And that's kind of – so there's no need for you to get in the way of that. 
Yes. You know, and don't be a control, helicopter like... mum. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't be a helicopter mum like hanging over and it just wants to go and be what it wants to be. Yes, because they do. I think the collectors, that's a beautiful thing. They have their own story that they bring to the painting. You know, Mm. it's kind of like they meet the painting and it's this handoff that happens. So, again, that's why I go to the feeling like, does it have the feeling that I can live with, you know, that I would want to pass on to someone? And if it does in that way, then I'm happy to let it out of the studio. If it doesn't have that feeling, then I look at more like, what can I learn from this painting that I'm not really happy with? What can I take into the new painting? You know, mm. can I start a new one or can I, you know, relook at this one and paint over it? You know, it depends mm. on what it is. But I always look at any failure that I consider like it didn't work. It's more of like, what can I learn from that experience that I can take into the next one? So failure, like it's not really failure, is it? It's no. just a lesson. Like, yeah. And so it might not even like, be that much of a failure, honestly. Yeah, exactly. If someone, well, first of all, it, it, no one else has to love it. Like it can, like you say, if you learn from it, but also, you know, art does have a life of its own. It does get to be shared. So if someone else wants that, means something to them, and they love it and, and, they, and they, they want to own it, you know, isn't that a success in itself? Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. We prejudge what collectors already imagine about our art Mm. as well, which is crazy because how could we possibly know what they're thinking about it? Really? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the part that we have to really, again, put our love into it, you know, get that feeling right and, Mm -hmm. and then bless and release. Bless and release. I love that. Bless and release and, and just let it, let it have its own life, you know? It's like, you know, the same thing as a parent. Like you do your very best, but you can't hover over your 30-year-old. Well, some people maybe can't. (laughs) (laughs) I would find it really challenging to hover over my 30-year-old children because, you know, it's like at some point you just have to let them be on their own and in their own little world. I think art is very much the same way. Yeah, yeah. I love the other thing you say, I've heard you say, which is about perfectionism. So this idea you're thinking, well, it's not perfect. And I'm a perfectionist. I want my paintings to be perfect before I send them out. Do you have any thoughts I am on queen that? perfectionist. In <laughs> fact, my daughter gave me a candle that was very annoyingly <laughs> spot on for Christmas. Um, I, I do like, I like to have, I, again, it's high standards, I think. You know, mm-hmm. it's a certain level of quality and integrity, you know, and mm-hmm. I think integrity gets wrapped up in perfectionism. But the way I look at it now is, again, that is an illusion to be perfect. Like it's a com- complete illusion. You know, there's no such Perfection thing. isn't real. It's not right? real. So for starters, <laughs> that's been my first groundbreaking, you know, mindset <laughs> moment is like going, okay, yeah. well, you can strive for it, but it's not real. So keep that in mind. So then when it doesn't come out perfect and, you know, it's less than perfect for whatever reason that you can nitpick any painting apart um you know then i think you can say well what can i learn for next time and take that with me i remember being a 22 year old uni student showing my grandmother who is an artist who did lots of different kinds of art and i brought her this airbrush painting i think i might have even shared this on the episodes before and she i said oh it's just not perfect and i I really i'm not i'm not really liking it she goes do you think you're going to get anything perfect and I said, am I not? 
<laughs> like I was like, what? And it was kind of, she was almost laughing at me. Like, do you actually think you're going to get it perfect? Do you? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. what? So I think that was kind of an eye opener. That's always stuck with me as well. Like it, it's not, it's not real. It's an yeah. illusion. Just like the perfect home, the perfect mother, the perfect daughter, you know, we can strive, but it's not, it's no, there is no such thing. Exactly. So, yeah. So there we can back off on the judgment a little bit. If it's not I think perfect. We can. I think we can. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs>